on a thousand planets and spreading out. Bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat holes. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and we're here to excite, entertain, elucidate, and educate you with news, information, and interesting discussion about your favorite geeks. This is Fantastic Forum. Thanks for tuning in. First, some genre-related news before the start of today's discussion. August 9th marked the 100th anniversary of the debut of Zorro in the pulp magazine All Story Weekly. The first installment of Johnston McCulley's serialized tale, The Curse of Capistrano, was published on August 9, 1919. The story would be republished in consolidated form as a book following the success of the 1920 movie Adaptation, starring Douglas Fairbanks. Zorro, of course, is the Spanish nobleman who fought against the corruption and tyranny of the ruling class in Spanish California. The character is one of the earliest examples of a fictional masked Avenger with a double identity. Zorro inspired the creation of several similar characters in pulp magazines and other media and is a forerunner of the comic book superhero. And boy, don't I wish I had had this piece of news last week. <laughs> it was announced on Tuesday that media giants CBS and Viacom will remerge. The company split in 2006, but the changing dynamics of the marketplace have created a favorable climate for them to get back together. One immediate beneficiary will be the Star Trek franchise. Star Trek's rights have been split between CBS and Paramount, which is a subsidiary of Viacom. The merger will bring the franchise back under one roof. The deal is expected to be completed by the end of the year. More details as they become available. Nominees for the Harvey Awards were announced on Wednesday. The awards have been restructured into six categories with multiple selections in each. Winners will be announced at a gala on October 4th during the New York Comic Con. The Harvey Awards, named for Harvey Kurtzman, are one of the most prestigious comic book industry prizes. The nominees may be found via a link on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. Superman prequel series Krypton has been canceled by the Sci-Fi Network. Krypton had just concluded its second season. The show was set on the doomed planet of Superman's birth and followed his grandfather, Seg L, played by Cameron Cuff. The show was never able to establish an audience. The series finale, which aired on Wednesday, drew 350,000 same-day viewers, with season two averaging a total of only 408,000. That's down considerably from the 1.8 million viewers, with three days of DVR, from season one. An anticipated spin-off featuring DC Comics character Lobo will not move forward on sci-fi, although producers are looking to shop that series to other networks. And running from Thursday the 15th through Sunday the 18th in Dublin, Ireland is the 77th World Science Fiction Convention. Worldcon has the distinction of being the longest running science fiction convention. The first event was held in New York City way back in 1939. Among the program events at the show are the Hugo Awards. The Hugo is sometimes referred to as the Oscar of science fiction literature and media. The Hugo Awards ceremony will be live streamed via Vimeo tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And sad news of several deaths this week. 
Actress Barbara March, best known as having portrayed the Klingon Lursa on Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek DS9, and the Star Trek movie Generations, passed away on August 11th at the age of 65. And yesterday, Peter Fonda, son of the legendary Henry Fonda and brother of Jane Fonda, died from respiratory failure due to lung cancer. Fonda, a counterculture icon best known for his role in Easy Rider, was also no stranger to genre-related projects. He starred in Future World, the sequel to the movie Westworld, and was featured in Escape from L.A. and Ghost Rider. Fonda was 79. And uh, I actually had, um, I, I, I had mixed feelings about whether or not I was going to include uh, Peter Fonda. Um, you know, the, the genre-related stuff really kind of pushed me over. But, you know, the, the counterculture icon thing I also found very compelling. And even though Easy Rider wasn't exactly genre-related, I think that comic books are counterculture enough to warrant his inclusion and some mention of the actor's life here. So, on today's show, uh, I am joined by Drew Bittner and the redoubtable Roberto Ortiz and the ever-fantastic Shireen Nicole. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of those news items that uh, I just mentioned, and uh, also a couple other topics. So, welcome to the show, everybody. Hey there. Hi. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just out of curiosity, um, wondering how you guys feel about uh, Peter Fonda. I mean, is it appropriate? Yeah, even though, because I'll tell you what. Um, Future World, 1976. And then those other two movies I mentioned, Escape from L.A. and uh, Ghost Rider. I mean, basically, Escape from L.A., that was like a cameo he did, (laughs) you know, and Ghost Rider. I mean, you can't even really call that a supporting role. I mean, you know, he probably got that stuff done in like one or two days of shooting. But, um, again, Peter Fonda, I was like... Wow, you know, I mean, uh, do, do you agree with the countercultury element? Uh, what what do we think? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's a son of a very very famous actor. He's second generation Hollywood, father of a famous actor. Um, yeah, and you know, sister to Barbara and, and sister. <laughs> and so, with all these things. In in that space, I think it's entirely appropriate to include him. I would I would add one obituary, by the way, Yuli. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this got around, but Richard Williams, the guy that put Roger Rabbit yes, in animation, passed away at the age of eighty six. Thank so, you, and I appreciate yeah. your uh, bringing him up. Mm-hmm. I would have, guys. I saw that, and even though you know it was interesting, Drew, because even though he didn't create the character, uh, w- the way that he animated that character and brought him to life was significant enough yeah. that, uh, yeah, Richard Williams. Actually, Richard mm-hmm. Williams, not only that, he literally wrote the book on animation. Anybody who basically does animation uh, has learned to do animation in the past 20 years uh, has read basically the Richard Williams books. So he's considered to be in the world of animation a legend. Wow. So the seminars he used to give, he used to charge a lot of money mm-hmm. to go to one of them. So he... He's a big deal, uh, and we lost a legend. And wow. I mean, at least on the side of the animation uh, people, they're like, "Wow, this is a big deal." Yeah. So I, I, I think that was it was important too. Yeah. No, and I appreciate you having mentioned him because uh, I would have gotten home and been like, "Ah, oh, damn, I didn't mention Richard Williams." So hmm? um, I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back to back to Peter Fonda, if you if you mm-hmm. want to. We want to go back there. Oh, now, hey, look, I was just curious as to whether or not you guys felt it was appropriate to mention him. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I have issues specifically with the self-importance that the baby boomers tend to have with themselves. But besides that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I, think we, I think we celebrate people who've, <laughs> yeah. who, who've done less in the genre. So, Oh, indeed. Uh, indeed. All right. Well, look, in that case, let's move on because I would have mentioned last week uh, Zorro. And, uh, yes. of course, the 100th anniversary of the first appearance of Zorro, Johnston McCulley's character who uh, basically, I mean, I want to call Zorro 
the first masked superhero or, or masked hero. I mean, I, I yeah, yeah, okay. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, the only person Pimpernel? I was getting ready to yeah. say, but did the Scarlet Pimpernel actually wear a mask? I mean, I don't think that he did. I think the Scarlet Pimpernel was sort of just generally in disguise, and I don't even know that the Scarlet Pimpernel even had a costume. I think he left notes or something and did this fishy stuff. I think you have to call it, if you call it the Scarlet anything, you have to be wearing a certain <laughs> color. <laughs> so. well, you, well, you should. You should. But wasn't the Scarlet Pimpernel actually a flower? And yes. I thought that he left, you know, the the flower yes. anytime he saved some of these French noblemen from the noble women from I the suppose. guillotine. I, suppose. I thought it was just cold for pimp. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Dang. It was a joke. It was only a joke. There you go. But I think specifically, it's only a flesh wound. It is, it's, it's like everything that is able, uh, an evolution. Basically, you started with scarlet, a little bit with scarlet pimpernel, then with zorro, then with the shadow. Then with Batman. When does um, well, where does Lone Ranger come in? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Lone Ranger was Lone Ranger was twenties. Yeah. And yeah. why did I do and that? Twenties. Green yeah. Hornet yeah. also. Yeah, and, where and they actually, took the story of a black man and made him into a white dude, they, they, and, 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 and then gave him <laughs> an indigenous sidekick. <laughs> we're, we're, well, we're we're also we're also not talking about you know <laughs> the Gladiator, did we, did we the, the, the novel that directly. We're also not talking about Gladiator, the novel that inspired Doctor, you know, Doc's. Doc Savage. Doc Savage. Yes, Doc Savage. Uh, and then yes. inspired Superman. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and um, John Carter, Warlord of Mars. Yes. Oh, that's which yes. was another well. Superman inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Tarzan. I argue basically yeah. Conan had a little bit of influence in terms of the pulp influence. In There's terms a of lot of yeah. Conan. Yeah. 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 But speaking strictly with the mask thing, because the Phantom, clearly, <laughs> the Phantom yeah, was yes. masked. Yes, a mask. You know? But yeah, I mean, Zorro, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here, and if somebody wants to correct me, I, in fact, I had to correct somebody, a friend of mine, on social media earlier this week. Get get a load of this, y'all. He referred to Tyrock as DC Comics' first black character. I was like, wow. oh. I was like, oh, was, Steve, you know who you are. And I was like, no, actually, John Stewart predates Tyrock <laughs> by several years. And if you want to get technical, I mean, I I, I'd, I had really would have to do some digging because I'm sure wow. that there was some African American person in the background somewhere. But Mal Duncan actually also predates John Stewart, hmm. so I don't actually know who the first actual DC uh, black character was. You got the internet right here. <laughs> you know, I looked it up, but you it wanted to give it. me it wanted to give me first black superhero. Uh, you know, yeah. is what that was. I mean, yeah. first black character. I mean, you know that that was because African Americans were absent in DC comics. Surely, I mean, and even those portrayals. I mean, the you look historically, and what comes to mind uh, is um, I can't think of the character's name, but uh, the the spirit, Will Eisner's spirit, mm-hmm. had an African American like. Compatriot. Yeah, but well, that's kind of problematic. Uh, now, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but that character actually he behaved in a reasonable manner, even though he was a horrible racist caricature. Yeah. A sort of unlike Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, Shazam's uh, African American compatriot. <laughs> I do remember his name. It was Steamboat, and oh, he was yeah he was he was even worse because. It, Billy Batson basically treated this guy like a moron. He would be standing right next to him as ah. Billy Batson yells Shazam, the lightning bolt comes down, and Steamboat's, Lordy, Captain Marvel, where'd you come from? You know, oh, I mean, it was, yay. oh yeah. Wow. I mean, it, was, it was pretty bad. It well, was pretty bad. But, um, so, for instance, mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering, was, was Gabe Jones from the Howling Commandos Oh. earlier than those characters. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know who you're... To- oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. When you said Gabe Jones of the Howling Commandos, I actually thought... Because there was an African-American character in The Young Allies. Okay. You remember that with yeah. Bucky and Toro? Yeah. And he wore... I, I think now his, was Now, I does, that, does that date back to the actual 40s you know, comic strips... Or was yeah. that a later invention? Oh no, that, that was okay. that was straight up. I mean, there were okay. a bunch of these caricatures in that strip. I mean, you so, had Tubby, you know, who is the obligatory like fat kid. Yeah. You had you know the black guy, and I want to call. I want to say his name was something like Midnight or something. Like, but he, he wore a zoot suit. It was terrible. And of course, they At had least like his name wasn't Hot Wing. Ah, yeah. That happened. Well, I'm gonna have to look that up, but. Um, you also had, um, there was the brainy kid, oh, who was like the professor. Oh, what you got there, Roberto? Gabe Jones, 163. 
okay, all right. So, but that was Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I was, and actually the one I mentioned, Two Young Allies, that was Marvel too. That still doesn't help us out with DC. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Stop mixing your universes. Anyway, though, Zorro, very very (laughs) significant. What's his name? Don Diego. Yes, Don Diego. Diego de la Vega. Yeah, there you go. Do you have any idea what a big freaking deal in Latin America the character of Zorro is? I do. It's I do. Huge. Yes. ZoroCon every year. <laughs> no, but seriously, the, the idea as you can thank also the TV the TV show from Disney, but the concept specifically of a nobleman fighting for the poor in Latin America is a. Whoa. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got a lot of interesting influences. I mean, he's got some Robin Hood in there. Yeah. He's got some Scarlet Pimpernel in there. You know, a guy mm-hmm. who's of that system fighting the system. Yeah. You know, that's pretending sort of that so. to basically to be a different person in real life. In reality, he's a different. Oh, and of. and a mild-mannered guy too. Yeah. I mean, oh, he was actually, pretending to be cowardly actually, and all that. Actually, Diego de la Vega, the way he's presented in some interpretation, kid. is borderline imp- interpreted gay in terms of how they present the yes. Diego de la Vega. He's not, but he's basically pretending specifically so. He will be paid attention. Effeminate. He's effeminate, and he was docile, and he was kind of a spoiled brat, so that no one would guess that he's this freedom fighter. If, yeah. If you if you want a really really radical interpretation of that, there's a movie called Zorro the Gay Blade. Yes, oh, yes. I don't that. <laughs> oh yes. yes. Which is it's it's not it is not porn. <laughs> just so you know, it's not no, pornography, yeah. but it is but it is a comedy and it is hilarious. It's oh, the seventies. And it's, it's funny. And it's yeah. George Hamilton as, yes. as Zorro. I was trying to remember. Because so. Because uh, who the, uh, the lead in that? Yes, mm-hmm. and it is it is hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. I remember that movie. Like, say something like a sissy boy. Something like a sissy boy. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the Fantastic stuff they got away Forum. With, man. You're, 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 you're listening to Fantastic <laughs> Forum on WERA ninety six point seven FM Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses Z Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole and Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner and uh, we are always talking something comic booky, science fictiony, uh, all sorts of interesting stuff here. So, um, yes, uh, something else that I want to uh, say with regard to Zorro uh, was that now I, I I have to confess I haven't seen the 1920 Douglas Fairbanks original huh. movie, but. I have seen the Tyrone Power 1940 movie. I've seen Tyrone And, oh, let me tell you something. And, and uh, Drew, Tyrone Power is borderline <laughs> in terms of the <laughs> effeminate thing. <laughs> listen, I mean, listen, this is good. Because usually um, gay characters are coded historically as villains. This time... Th- there, there was a gay character, a queer character that's coded mm. as a hero. Yeah. So bravo! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. bravo! Sure. Well, well done. And and the way he slid into it because he did not realize when he first returned to California from Spain, you know, because he had been the military academy or something, you know, learned to be a real badass over in Spain. <laughs> they came back, but his father was the the that's mayor play, of yeah, you know, the mayor uh, of Cal of Los Angeles or the alcalde. Uh, in Spanish. <laughs> and so, um, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story, he arrives and, um, you know, it, it seems as if the alcalde has gone nuts. I mean, the alcalde is viciously imposing the will of the government on the peasants. And that's what they call them, by the way, the <laughs> peasants. <laughs> There's yeah. that Robin Hood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so he goes to uh, the alcalde's home, and which had been his home, and he finds out that his father is no longer the mayor. And it's like this new guy. And he's like, oh, wait, you know. Poor and you. so he goes to, <laughs> yeah, sure goes, to his, yeah, goes to his family <laughs> house. But he establishes his identity when yes. he gets there because mm-hmm. there's, you know, the villainous Capitan uh, crap. I can't think of the guy's name, but he's like the <laughs> villain. And Basil Rathbone plays plays him oh, cool. fabulously in the 1940s that. movie. Oh, I would yeah. love to see that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Basil Rathbone was always the villain. <laughs> He's like <laughs> he was sword so player. Unless he was playing yeah. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. When yeah. he was Sherlock oh, Holmes, yeah, that's was true. Hadn't thought about He's that. He's most known for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, but he didn't get yes. to use a sword in those movies. You know? <laughs> so, um, well, not that one. Yeah. But, you know, but, but uh, Don Diego <laughs> realizes that in an effort to establish his identity because you know he was he was kind of salty there he was all you know and then it's like oh wait uh let me pull out my uh handkerchief and 
Oh, he was a fop. Yes, the word we were looking for is fop. Yes. Oh, thank uh, goodness, I feel better fop. now. The scented F-O-P. breezes the of dandy. Spain. He was a dandy. Uh, he was a dandy, you know. <laughs> and and you could see he when, couldn't stand the dirt. Remember, he was like, oh, yeah, oh, no, oh, no, no. But think yeah. about basically how it establishes the whole concept that Zorro has a cave. Zorro has a, a horse. Tornado. Yeah, yeah. He basically oh, allowed Batman it. borrowed heavily yes. from Sorrow. Yes, yes, he did. And it's like, <laughs> yes. it's like the concept of the cave, the concept of basically having a um, well, the whole a, black outfit and stuff too. You know, the, Avenger the, of the Night. Why is this not being remade? Well, well, well it has been remade a no, couple of times. Recently, I think the passing years. Well, we it has one. been recently. We yeah. Well, uh, not no, not within ten years. What the, was the more, it? The more recent one was. Mark of Zorro and Mask of Zorro with Antonio Banderas. Yes, yeah. when was that? That's in the nineties, you know, people. And and but, Catherine Zeta Jones. But after that, was, that do that we was a really need while. that to happen again? <laughs> I, like, let's let's take a minute. Let's breathe. The, well, the first, the first, one, was, the first one was pretty good. I, the first one was really pretty good. Yeah, I thought. The, the only thing I wasn't crazy about was because Antonio Banderas wasn't Don Diego Vega. Yeah. You know, this was passing the torch of Don, and in fact, yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones was the daughter of Don Diego Vega. Yeah. 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 I'm a big you fan know? of Zeta Jones. That's probably my well. Um, but the thing is that they needed cute, to, to establish the concept of the yeah. U.S. coming into the territory, and in order to that working historically, they needed to age the character out of the role, and the only like. I like basically what they were trying to do, specifically passing to the torch, passing the torch, yeah. moving the mm-hmm. story forward into the history of California. Because a lot of people forget that California used to be Spanish. So yes. <laughs> the yeah. border moved people. How yeah. The people didn't move. The border moved. Yeah, yeah exactly. well, exactly. Yeah, Just you know. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, and the biggest city is Los Angeles, <laughs> San Francisco. You know, and the, the, the Spanish influences are all through the state. You know? All just, through the states. Yes. yes. Well, yes. Albuquerque? Ah, <laughs> but here's, a, here's a weird question. Can you make a story of a descendant of the Zorro in the present day and make it work? Well, yeah, but the problem is what you guys said. When you have a lineage like that that goes through all those characters <laughs> Wait, and ends up in that grandfather was Zorro. Right. <laughs> what, what, what happens is people go, this is just Batman yeah. in a hat. You, because, because cultural of what's cultural been appropriation down. has gotten so far along that it seems <laughs> that Batman is the thing and Zorro's the reinvention of that. Like, well, like, you know, like John Carter John Carter of Mars was sort of seen as, oh, they're just trying to do Star Wars again. Actually, the, the Dune people would disagree with you. <laughs> but, but, but that's the kind of the thing that I'm saying is that you have this, um, this character DNA, right? Mm-hmm. To the point where people are relating. They don't know Zorro, so they're going to relate it to the characters that they know, and then people go, oh, this is just Batman. But I think it would be a great series. You I could think actually make it, would be a fantastic I think you could actually make it work in the present. It. You know, I, I, I think we could. Yeah, you could. I, I would prefer to, I mean, because that I'd whole like business that. of Antonio Banderas, huh. and he's not any relation. I, with stuff like that, I always prefer more of like what they did with you know uh, the bad. Lone Ranger and the Green Hornet. How Britt Reed is the great great grandson of Jim Reed. That's the, well, you uh, you know. this is what I would do. Go. John Reed. Rather than go, you can either go and you would either do it in the past. I wouldn't do it now. I take it into the future, into a dystopian future. <laughs> no, it would be good though. What? Hmm. Because you're right now. The the things that you would need to make that work. He becomes a social justice warrior. And that's and bad. Too, why? It's not bad. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm saying is it's too obvious. And it's it's you you suck all of the like the the the, the kind of swashbuckling enjoyment out of it. But if you take it into the future and you build the right universe, you can bring all of that back into it and then hmm. add a layer of technology. And I, I think well, that would be interesting. But Why you, you know make what any... you can do Go. to make it work in the present. What? It's just not in the United States. He's being Zorro in Central America or South America or, or something Mexico. like that. Or well, Mexico, then, yeah. Or Mexico. Well, Damn. If, that, if that's the case, let's let mm. Mexico make it because that would be mm. their story. Promise yeah. Telemundo would make it and I would suck. It'd be a telenovela then. Yeah. And it'd be great. <laughs> Sorry, Telemundo. But it's not what we're looking you for. You guys know I'm Univision. right. Univision. Uh, yeah, Univision. No, no, yeah. What I would do mm-hmm. specifically, if you wanted to make a little bit more political, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to. <laughs> a little uh, bit more political. It's why don't you make it a guy who basically happens to be Latino? Happens. But, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's what I call that. 
a stealth Latino. Oh, <laughs> a stealth Latino. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Christina Aguilera Latino. Yes. Undercover ah. hermano. It, it's basically a person who basically pretends to be one thing and basically infiltrates organizations. And it's kind of like. The crews turned into C R U I C. Yes. In that, other words, and basically, imagine, for example, a story. Tom Cruise is Latino? No. No, no, no. No, no, that's actually a good point. You have a person who basically can be Johnny Cruz. Mm -hmm. And basically, the family changed the name one or two generations back to yeah. Cruises. The, from yeah. Cruises to Cruz. Right. And the whole point specifically is that this guy is quite aware of his background <laughs> in terms of the Latino community, but he is becomes literally a social justice warrior where he infiltrates organizations of white supremacists and bring them down from the inside out. And he's this rich kid. Yeah, and he's rich, rich. Yes, that will work. And he, he's like, you know, he's, he's got, a party guy. He's got people, that rich kid. He's, the last he's like a guy Johnson descendant. Yeah. <laughs> and the problem is that people think, oh my God, there's no way this guy yeah. could be doing this. And it turns out that when they start, somebody starts digging on it, it's like, holy shit, you're Oh, sorry. Well, Berto! Sorry. <laughs> Berto. Oh. That's a bozo no-no! Sorry. Sorry, sorry. But shiitake mushroom! Shiitake mushroom! But that could work. I think yeah. that could work, especially if you make him a little younger, like he's in, in, he's in college. Yes! Or because so no one suspects him, and if you make him like I'm one wanna, of these... Uh, hell, I if you make him one of these bro dudes, that would take him far away from Batman. No, but we could... This is you know, like a comic book way to be other One other way you could do it mm -hmm. is um, something that they haven't really tried before. Huh. Not, the, C, the CW believes in having teams yes. around all yes. these characters. Right. But suppose you have a team where at least three or four of them are out there acting as the guy. They're acting as Zoro. Oh, Zora. so you're going so with the, the theory game. of Bond, well, no, which is there's more than, you know. Well, no, they're all, there's like four different guys all doing the diff different things all around the same time. Oh. And, they're, and they're playing a shell game with it. So it's like, it's got to be that guy. That guy is it, that guy is Zoro. It's like, no, he can't be because we have him on surveillance because they're all here. Because all of them are the same. Right. So you're saying yeah. Team Zoro. Yeah. No, that it's, actually will work because... It's a team of Zoros. Because yeah, they're family. Yeah. And that's a cool... Oh my God, that will... Why yeah. don't we write this stuff? <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's like, like different people have thing. the mantle. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and and all at the same time. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so you have like, <laughs> but and and it huh. may it may be they're all brothers. Maybe they're all cousins. It may be any kind of thing. Right. And you have different. This is like a and different, and different Zoros have section. different strengths. <laughs> like one guy is more cerebral. One guy is more physical. One guy is more, you know. Romantic, <laughs> you know. Did you just roll your R? Yeah. <laughs> 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 he, he's actually Romantic. right. One of the key, one of, one of the key components, specifically the Legend of the Zorro, which Batman doesn't have, is the the basically the fun with the adventure. One of the things yeah. that Zorro always has is a he doesn't kill, which Batman stole that, but and b Batman he, didn't start that way. Well, oh, Zorro yeah. would whoop your ass though. <laughs> He would beat you and to put within that, um, and cut, put that, cut Z that Z on you, and you. he didn't mind cutting yeah. the skin he, with no. grabbing you. <laughs> oh, he would whip you because there was like this uh, sergeant somebody who like beat up a padre, and this guy got thrown over the wall in that second movie, you know, shirtless and whipped as bad as he whipped the padre. Z cut into him. I was like... Damn, Zorro don't play, but yes, yeah. but he won't kill you. <laughs> no, he won't you might kill wish him. you were dead. But, but the thing about Zorro as a character that is missing in modern fiction mm -hmm. is the sense of fun. The swashbuckle. Yes, that he does this because, let's face it, he, he, the guy, the character is an adrenaline junkie <laughs> who has a huge, strong moral compass, but... The point is that it's like, wait a minute, I can actually do good and get a huge high out of this stuff? Awesome. And so, yeah, the character, it, this is it's perfect for the, to bring back in the modern day. I'm surprised nobody like from Sony is looking into bringing the character back. I know well, Quentin Tarantino wants to do it, but I think he's the wrong, oh my no, God, no, the no. wrong person to bring no, it back. Tarantino There'd be no, Tarantino. There's no swearing. God, it's like him doing a Star Trek movie. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But you know, I've, I've actually, I, I, I was halfway optimistic about that whole idea of Tarantino it's doing a Star Trek now. movie. No hmm. way in hell. No way. <laughs> what is the movie that Taika Oh, Wattie what you mean now that um, the Taika franchises are merging? Yes. CBS and uh, Viacom CBS, yeah. It's never mm. going to happen. 
Well, okay. I'm not that. Before, <laughs> no, before the merger, there was a chance in heck of that happening. After the merger, no way. Because, why, why do you think that? Because before the merger, Panamon basically was desperate to make a Star Trek movie that was unique. After the merger, they're thinking correctly, oh, wait a minute, what did Star Trek used to do really well back in the 80s and 90s? Universe building. And if you make, if you give somebody like Quentin Tarantino, who's basically, he's a great director, but he's a loose cannon. You risk basically alienating your fan base, and it's like giving Quentin, Quentin Tarantino a Star, a Star Wars movie. Do you I think, really think that would happen ever? I think, I think the counter argument is that you can go way, way, way too far in the direction of serving your fans. And frankly, the fact of the matter is that if your fans are your fans, they will show up. And if they don't show up, then... Have you seen then, the reaction to Discovery? And well, I like that well, joke. Well, great. <laughs> but the fact is, you're trying something different. And if it finds an audience, it finds an audience. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you I try like something Discovery. different. I like to, too. Give them the same stuff over and over again, and you will lose those fans. Hmm. Well, so th there's that's why most stuff that succeeds plays the middle. Yeah. A little bit new, a little bit mm -hmm. of what we know, and mm -hmm. then that was that's what pushes it forward. Picard. Uh, a very delicate balance, yep. certainly. Hey, look, though, uh, it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, WERA comes to you via, uh, excuse me, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA, not the other way around. So uh, we're a community radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and our listeners. In fact... If you happen to be in the Arlington area, check out our booth at the county fair, which is uh, running this week. Anyway, we're going to pause briefly to acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our underwriters. We're also going to promote some of the other outstanding WERA shows coming up later tonight. But stick around, because we'll be back with more Fantastic Forum right after this. And we're back on the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio today by Drew Bittner, Roberto Ortiz, and Shireen Nicole. And uh, as I say, we're always talking about something comic booky. Uh, last week was the 100th anniversary of the debut of the character Zorro. We kind of went down the rabbit hole talking about Zorro uh, in that uh, first section of the show. Uh, something I had wanted to visit, though, here in the uh, second half, and we sort of we, 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 um, alluded to the merger between media giant CBS and Viacom. Yes. Um, did we yes. did we want to say anything more about that? Because I know we were sort of kind of in that. It's great. At the point at which it's awesome. It's actually going to benefit mm. uh, CBS All Access a lot. Yes, because they're going to get all they're going to get Nickelodeon and they're going to get the access for the Panamon Pictures Library. Yeah, and mm. Kurtzman's gonna go crazy. Yes, and, <laughs> and I don't mean crazy, wild. And Star Trek—they're going. They realize, thank God, that Star Trek is something that is huge. It deserves to be huge, and ironically, more than Star Wars, Star Trek lends itself more for streaming because you can tell serialized stories, you can mm, tell yeah. one-off stories, mm -hmm. and it's built a lot, and, it build, and it's built specifically for, to be, a, it, by definition, Star Trek is a universe. Mm -hmm. So you can do so much with Star Trek, and it, uh, the streaming platform allows them to experiment. They can do a show set in a Starbase. They can do a show set in a civilian colony in a border between Kardashian and imagine if yeah, they, they do it, they, it got, they got options. They, <laughs> got the options. Yeah. they, they did do a Doctor mm. Who Star Trek. Now yeah. that yeah. they've established all these dimension and time, that dimensions would be and all, time. They actually, yeah. that's a cool thing. Star Trek. The cool thing about it is that mm -hmm. it's, and this is why uh, people would like history like Star Trek because it has a history, and you. Each segment of the history can be traced. Each one of the races has a history. Oh, the yeah. Romulan, mm -hmm. the Kardashians, all of them. <laughs> and you can tell fascinating stories of each and every one of the races. You can even make a show completely set with aliens, where it could be from the point of view of the Klingons. Uh, you could do a show from the point of view of uh, the Romulans right before when the ca catastrophe was happening. Yeah, it's some, it's some really great world-building stuff. 
Can, uh, you know, can I tell you guys my mm-hmm. hope and wish? Go. Sure. What's it's your Star Trek-based, but it is J.J. Abrams' Star Trek-based. Well, God, no. I'm sorry. I really just want Q to show up as the villain in us in a st- in one of these Star Trek movies and, and start let, e- this sucks and starts let, erasing the continuity. Yeah, it's and, like and, and let Chris Pine Kirk yeah. go up against a really great new Q. I thought that's what they should have done with um with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. They actually been might Q. do it. Yeah, and you know, um, yeah, yeah, actually, you know, you know what? That's you know what they should have done. Brilliant. What they should have done go. with that whole uh, Abrams Trek thing. Uh, it's a Kelvin you, you, timeline, actually. He just you, flicked you it take, like it was a fly. You take <laughs> what they give you. And I'm reminded, and I'm giving somebody a great idea out here. I'm reminded of uh, Star Trek, the original series, first season episode, Balance of Terror. And at the conclusion of that, Mark Leonard, who uh, went on to play, in fact, he played a Klingon, he played uh, Romulan, this, he played Spock's father, Sarek. But. Um, at the conclusion of that episode, because it's the episode that introduces us to the Romulans, and the Romulan command, Romulans, they're, they're Romulans' proudest, proudest, finest flagship beaten by the Enterprise. And Kirk and the Romulan commander facing off against one another over subspace. And uh, the Romulan commander says, you and I are of a kind, Captain. In a different reality, I could have called you friend, mm-hmm. and I'm like, <gasps> yeah. and that's and that's what you should have done. They oh, yeah. should have they, sh- they Kirk should have met the Romulan commander, and they become boys but, because that's that's the kind of thing Star Trek fans love. It's like, oh my god! I mean, it, see, even me then, I'd be like, you know what? I gotta watch this because <laughs> you have given me something from the original Star Trek. And you have deliberately teased it. I mean, he said, in another reality, I could have called you friend. Hey, this is another reality. Yuli, Let's do it. Here's another mm-hmm. one for you. Yes. Suppose it happens in the mirror universe. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Kirk and the Romulan commander become best friends. That would have been really something, too. That would have been really something, too. I how? mean, I, that, that's a little closer to home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious. How do you feel yeah. about mm-hmm. the fact that they took, personally, the only good idea from the J.J. Ideas, which is <laughs> taking the Romulan Empire and making it into a falling empire, and the concept, and I love that Picard is going to be about that. Mm. That seeing the one of the most proud races after the Klingons having to realize we're homeless. <laughs> it's like, how do you even? Wait a minute. You what, don't know. Uh, this? No. Picard is basically oh, yeah. the mm. the two major catastrophes happening in the, with the Romulans. Basically, uh, Shison. Did a oh yeah, Shinzon. Yeah, well, the freaking Picard clone. Well, that that yeah. leads into from the very well-regarded Star Trek. No, but <laughs> the, the Nemesis. ironically, Nemesis. I couldn't even think of the name. But the, the irony of that movie is that it has mm. a lot of consequences because the there was a decapitation of the Romulan government. They were mm-hmm. reforming, and at the same time, these poor people were reforming. All of a sudden, their son goes Nova. And Their they, sun goes nova. Yes, and the Romulan star. The Romulan star went nova. Yes, and the Romulan star. What story was that in? It's in the movies. You don't which know movie? Uh, star Trek, the J.J. Abrams. Oh, Abrams. Oh, okay. No, 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 <laughs> I was no, like going to say. No, but that's. I haven't even seen like the last that, that Star Trek Beyond. I haven't even seen that. No, well, no. But the point is that that's mm-hmm. canon now because what happens specifically is that that. So I suppose now you're going to tell me that the destruction of Vulcan is canon also. No, it's not, because the destruction of Vulcan only happened in the J.J. Abrams timeline. The destruction of Romulus happened in our timeline. Oh, okay, but so, you're saying it happened in an Abrams movie. Because what happened is that Spock had to go back in time. That's okay. You don't have to no, explain but, it no, to me. That's, <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's the dual Spocks. You don't know about the dual Spocks. Oh, yeah. Well, I knew that because uh, you had Nimoy one. and you had, yes, um, yeah, what's his face who was in, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that guy, you know, who from uh, Quinto. Thank you. And I couldn't even think of the heroes is what I was trying Silent. to think of. But, but, the, yeah. but the important mm. thing about that is basically is that the Picard show is going to be about it's going to be very heavily leaning on the concept of you have one of the most proud races which are the, the Romulans realizing oh my god we 
what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And there's some, the, the rumor I heard is basically is that it's going to be about two major factions in the Romulan government. There's some, what's left of it? People who basically want to, you know, we don't have anything. We have to ally ourselves with everybody else and the more hardcore ones. And they also, the rumor, which is pretty cool, is that they were basically mining uh, Borg technology. Mm. And, and there's something going on with that Picard Borg connection. I know is that awesome. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they're bringing data back first of all. Yeah, and seven of nine. And, so, well, and it makes sense. No, but, I, I love the idea that seven of nine <laughs> no, and Picard like will be that friends. She's it makes there. sense. It does, but I mean, I'm not like excited. I was excited when I saw mm-hmm. data, but um, what's really beautiful is you've got this X23 kind of that's what I'm calling her yes you got this character that shows up that's like this kind oh, of oh um, yeah the young girl the young yes. girl yeah. who's like this kind of world ender type of character she's you know? the park queen I'm sure of it mm-hmm. I'm I think completely sure she's I'm, the park queen I'm pretty sure that she is Half Picard, half Borg Queen. And not only that, the cool thing about this is imagine specifically that the generation finds himself in the in the place where they have to protect the Borg as an endangered species. And I bet you there's some legend involved <laughs> yeah. about the the cultures and they gotta yeah, and like is she gonna which way is she gonna go? And this whole thing. And I think that that's gonna be the interesting stuff. Yeah, so imagine specifically that and Jangway, who's yeah. the Borg killer. Yeah. Think about this. Yeah. You introduce Janeway as a character, and you could have Janeway as the bad guy, ironically, and Picard being the good guy because the whole concept is that everybody hates the board for what they It's did. Iron Man and Cap. Yeah. And yeah. they hate the idea specifically that the board destroy big chunks of the Federation and they're terrified of them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the board Picard sees as a new chance to start over again. And there's people in the Federation lead by Janeway who say hell no. And the Romulans are seeing it as we're going to take a planet. Screw Aspen. <laughs> screw allies. We're going to take a planet. We're going to use this technology. We're going to turn it into new Romulans. If we can use you know, Borg Nana to turn people into Romulans so much the better. Yeah. <laughs> you know I never got what I was thing. looking for from the contemporary Star Trek. I can't no, in, no, in the <laughs> sense. Go there. In the sense. That's old. That's from the in the <laughs> si- Yeah, that okay, but in the sense that these what D Deridex class uh, Romulan ship, these huge Romulan ships, bigger than a galaxy class ship, and we as- <laughs> yeah, but we established in the original <laughs> series that a Romulan warbird was not as powerful as a Constitution-class starship. Yes. And so what I was looking for, that they never gave me in seven years of Star Trek The Next Generation, let's see how a Galaxy-class ship fares against this new class of Romulan ship. I was looking for enemy below redux, and they, we never got it. It wasn't that you kind know? of show. It, it was more sleep, cerebral. Sorry, like, you know they, 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 were, they were there were plenty of action-packed <laughs> episodes were, of there that. Were, there were more than enough places where they could have inserted a, a Romulan fight. But maybe they'll do it Federation. now. Maybe you're going to get maybe. this with Picard Probably. because they've got a lot of space where the the creators know the Star Trek timeline extraordinarily and well. And the guy who basically is writing, uh, Michael Kurt. Chabon. Oh, Chabon's Chabon doing Chabon is right. an expert. He yeah. He's the showrunner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So He's that's next You know Mike Chabon. <laughs> Michael Chabon. I'll take your word for it. Well, he, Cavalier wrote, and Clay. He, he wrote Cavalier and Claire. He also wrote the second Spider-Man movie. The, the, oh, um, okay. The Topher Grace. Mm. The, the Topher Grace? Is and, that right? And, no, uh, not Toby no. McGuire. But Toby McGuire, sec- the the um the Doc Ock. Oh, Spider-Man. that was the second one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the second Spider-Man yeah. movie, mm-hmm. and that's Michael Shannon. That perfect. was a very well-written movie. But the thing is, that yeah. he's perfect because yeah. the angle he's gonna they're gonna approach it now is basically the concept of history. That Star Trek is history and how history changes, how people and how it comes back to bite you. Bite you. And the whole concept specifically is how Picard realizes that he needs to make a change and he needs to change what's going on. He's personally I am super excited. I think it's it's very because it's not as black and white and you need a, in this present day I hate to say it, we need a character like Picard who has a moral compass from heck. That is <laughs> and the mere fact Ooh. that he can look at the Federation and say, What you're doing sucks. Stop it and and then he puts a team together. Yeah. And the cool thing is that he has the respect of so many races. Think about the Klingons, the Romulans. If Picard basically asks for help, 
who would show up? Hmm. It's like, and, and I'm not talking specifically about the Federation, it's the respect he has of so many races, so many people he's helped. If he, that man ever seriously needs help, I would love to see the episode where all the starships start showing up just to help them. The Klingons would be jumping all over themselves just to help them. <laughs> like, I want to be in that battle, yeah! Uh, yeah, that, that's because they want to make sure that they have Captain Picard's gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember that. <laughs> and they will have our gratitude, yeah. Hey, so, uh, look. Um, I see what you're looking at. I want to talk about that too. <laughs> yeah. go, go, go. You're very angry about Why this. are you so angry about that? Yeah, well, wait, wait. Um, <laughs> we need to actually explain what we're getting ready to pivot to here. So, um, Shazam number seven, uh, which uh, originally had been solicited to come out on June 19th, <laughs> wow. has been rescheduled now for a September 18th wow. release date. Oh, excuse me, sorry. It was first solicited back in March 2019. And rescheduled on several occasions, in some cases affecting the various other issues, number 8 through 11. And uh, evidently this week's schedule change did not affect that. And Drew, since you have thoughts about this, (laughs) I would absolutely (laughs) love, because, you know, this this harkens back to, I mean, number one, I just think it's bad for business. Number two, it's unprofessional. Number three... They always had, I mean, you never had books. And this is something that we've seen, like, in contemporary times with comics. All of a sudden, books are just late. They're just late. And it's crazy. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, Sure. Um, First of all, I'm not angry about this. I'm noting that it is just really, really bad for DC to be doing this. I think this is really bad for the reasons Yuli mentioned. It, It hurts the book. It hurts people's faith in the book. It will cause people to drop the book. It's all around a bad thing. And this book does not have such a strong track record already. Mm. It's not deep, deep, deep into its numbering. This is issue number seven. And it's not even a year in, and it's being delayed three and a half months. And that's wow. that's terrible. That's old school image right there. Well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I, that's I, worked, I worked for a studio that was a culprit and all that. I know what it means to ship books late, but we never shipped a book three and a half months late. Why do you think never, it's Wildstorm? Never, never once do I recall Image sh- Wildstorm shipping a book three and a half months late. Why is this happening? Well, I mean, what's the common fact between this and one of their other very, very late shipping books? A book called Doomsday Clock. It's mm. Jeff Johns. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff and Johns is writing it. But Dale Eaglesham is doing the art. I mean, usually isn't it the art that causes no. these books to be late? Not necessarily. No, not necessarily. It, 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 in my experience, it's usually the art, but the fact of the matter is, the artist can't do anything unless Without he has pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 Jeff Johns, move up, guys. And Jeff Johns is in the position of being the golden child. He's in demand for all these things That's that are DC related, mm-hmm. and he's co-writing TV shows. He's co-writing movies. He's probably script doctoring an awful lot of things. Mm, got a he's, lot on his plate. He's yep. doing so many things, and I have the feeling, and I said this in a post, that I think he's got so much cool stuff in front of him, he can't focus on the day job. He literally cannot get his pages <laughs> yeah, Which written. is writing comic books. <laughs> well, if that's, if, that's what he, yeah, if that's what he wants yeah. to do. But the fact of the matter is, any other writer that was not an A-list celebrity favorite of the editorial staff and the publisher would be off that book. Yeah. But mm. the thing is, I think what they're doing with that book, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're using that book to set up the next movie, right? The, the I second have, I, Shazam movie? Yeah. I, have, I have no idea, but the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the book it shouldn't does not be matter. like that. Yeah. For, for business purposes, it should not matter if there's going to be a movie or a TV show or a cartoon or anything. It In should fact, matter if they get that, that book that on the should, it, That should make it even more imperative that the book come out on time. Yeah. The, Those factors you mentioned. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. because the you know, all of these things slot into certain places. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will and I will bet you any amount of money that in another month or so, we will see the circulation figures on Shazam trending so sharply downward that the book will not be profitable enough to make anymore. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think by issue eight or nine, at this rate, it will be canceled. But we know that ghostwriters happen, so why isn't a ghostwriter happening they should, they should have pushed for a fill-in, but the fact, is, the fact of the matter is he's in this big multi-arc story of 
you know, the Shazam kids getting their powers and they're, they're exploring the seven lands, mm-hmm. the seven mm-hmm. magic lands. And so you can't really slot a fill in that has. Yeah. Wait, though. He said, wait, you what could. if the script for the film isn't Thank done yet? Yes, I do. And so they are yep. waiting to find out what's going to happen with this cool. film and they're hedging their bets and they're kind of oscillating because... Then, then, then you're throwing away the comic Or vacillating. Book. Then you are throwing away the comic book. But they book. always do, Drew. Yeah. They always throw yeah. away the comic but book the, in favor of the but, film. But the fact... That, but then it's, you, you can argue, what does it matter what's in the comic book? Because... If, if, it, if it contradicts the movie... Who cares? The movie's going to be the movie. They, but they do, and 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 they're trying to they're trying to build their own version of a universe. She's right. And I and I think they're trying to make it all work so that they can sell more comics yeah. ostensibly. But it's never worked that way. It has no, it never hasn't. worked that way. Well, and I think when that has that DC, ever stopped them? And I think <laughs> that, uh, unless DC's getting pressure from Warner Brothers to do this, which is possible, well, they've got a new boss. They do. Then it's. Stop using common sense, Drew. Yeah. Come on, dude. It, I, I mean, I've worked. In, I've worked in comics. We I know. know. <laughs> so. No, we're not saying you're <laughs> wrong. What we're yeah. saying is it's they're wrong. using common sense. Well, the, and, there, and, and there and there may be other things. <laughs> you work for the federal well. government. It sounds you like you should know better stuff. not to never so. use common sense with management. Because well. remember, when all of this stuff was in Meteores, then Walter Hamada came in. Yeah. And yes. took over, yeah. and we hadn't seen many. We hadn't seen the effects of Walter. Actually, Hamada yes, yet. she's right. Actually, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers is in the middle of reorganization in a big yeah. way. There's, and JJ Abrams actually is supposed to be coming over now, right? Well, and don't forget, Sujahara's yeah. out I, because yeah. yeah. So this I, is I, we're I, starting to see the wave has finally yes. hit us, where we're seeing the ramifications of all those she's events. Right. I, I would say, oh, uh, to, to back up on all this and try to take more global view of things i would mm-hmm. say that any of these things are certainly possible mm-hmm. what it means i think in the short term or the medium term for this book is the book is going to be canceled it's because, bad business. because because people will not stay with the book if it's been pushed back three and a half months or more yeah and they don't know when it's coming out and they don't know what to look for and they just and they frankly lose they forget the story you're absolutely so, right so i think the book is going to be canceled it's a lot easier to just pick up a whole new title. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. Anyway, look, that is uh, literally almost all the time we have. I'd like to thank my guests and thank you for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. If you tune in, uh, happen to be in the Arlington area, you can watch it tonight on Arlington Independent Media, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Fios Channel 38. And... If you missed any portion of this show, you can catch it again on Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. We're on from 4 to 5 on Thursdays now. So, sorry, 3 to 4. Don't tune in at 4 on Thursday because you'll miss it. 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Thursday afternoons here on WERA. And, of course, you can always visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got parts of the shows broken out. We've got... Uh, radio shows we've got we got all kinds of stuff you want to check that out and you want to be sure to come back next week same bat time same bat station have a great weekend everybody